let's begin in verse number one. Let's, um, let's read all the odd verses together corporately. I'll read the even verses. And so let's read. We're going to read down to verse seven this morning. And uh, this is where we'll be staying throughout the message. Verse number one, let's read. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews. And so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Long time, therefore, abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, in part held with the Jews, in part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers, to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it, and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lycaonia, under the region that lieth round about, and there they preached the gospel. Now the subject of my message this morning is maintaining our focus. I was sitting right there just a few moments ago, and I was thinking, Lord, the Apostle Paul did not have to deal with 21st century problems. He didn't have to worry about, does the, does the, does the microphones sound just right? Does the PowerPoint prepared for the message are the slides ready for everyone to sing? I said, Paul didn't have to deal with that. I was just pouting a little bit. And the Lord, the Lord reminded me real quick. Yeah, but Paul dealt with persecution and stoning. What are you complaining about? Amen. And I just stopped and I thank the Lord. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we love you. And what a blessing it is that we come together. I pray that you'll bless the preaching of your word today. Bless all the families who have gathered together. May your name be lifted up. Lord, this is a very important part of our church service. And I pray that you'll help everyone to get their attention on your word. And may you speak to us and minister to us and help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we get to this chapter, chapter 14... Paul and Barnabas, they're continuing their missionary journey to Iconium. They've come from Antioch and Syria. They have made their way to the island of Cyprus. They come across in chapter 13, the Mediterranean north, into Asia Minor, the region of Galatia. They preached the word in Antioch in uh, Pamphylia. That's where we were in chapter 13. Now, because of persecution, they've moved on, and they reach, they go 85 miles east by foot to the area of Iconium. And we learn some things of great value. I was, uh, I, I was speaking to the football team on Friday night, and I was actually speaking on this particular passage concerning what it is to grow in maturity. Maturity means that we're, we often use the phrase, I'm not who I want to be, but I'm a whole lot better than I used to be, right? 
And that's because we're growing in maturity. And the Apostle Paul, he was a preacher. He was a preacher of the gospel. He delivered, that, that was his calling in life. And uh, so when we read this, we, we recognize that he is going forth and telling people about Jesus. He's a preacher. Now everybody in here are not preachers. And so what can we learn from Paul that helps us to maintain our focus and grow in spiritual maturity? The truth is we only live this life once. Can I get an amen there? We only live this life one time. And so we, we get caught in so many different things. And I will tell every parent of young children that when, they, when you start off, many times you have this vision of what you want your family to be and all of these things that you want to do with your children. And, 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 and you got this, this vision laid out that this is going to happen. I want to remind you, and I want to tell you this, there's going to be a lot of things that get in the way of that through the years. And it's very easy to lose your focus. And then before you know it, 18 years have passed, and you think, man, that went by fast. You know, where did that go? Where did the time go? Well, I think it's very important that if we only live this life once, then we need to make sure that eternal things matter. Amen? Eternal things must matter. Now, I've adjusted my message this morning for time, and so I want us to move through this passage, and I want you to follow along with me. I won't keep you very long today. I want us, number one, we find in verse one, the importance of staying passionate about the gospel. The gospel always comes first. In verse number one, it says, And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spake. Early in chapter 13, the apostles' ability to draw a crowd. We looked at this last Sunday night, I believe. With it. They drew this crowd with their message. And because of that, the Jews became filled with envy. They, they didn't like that everyone in the city had come to hear these preachers preach the gospel message that Jesus Christ died on the cross and was buried and rose again the third day. And through him, forgiveness of sins is preached so that all that believe can be justified from which, could not, from which no one could be justified by the law of Moses. And as a result, they stirred up the leading men and women of the city and they raised such a persecution that Paul and Barnabas were expelled from their city. But before they left in verse 48 and 49, the Bible says that the word of God was glorified and published throughout the region and many Gentiles became believers of the gospel that Paul and Barnabas preached. Now, when they get to Iconium, they follow the same ministry philosophy that they had in Antioch. They first go to the Jewish synagogue. And there they speak with such power. The end of verse number 1 tells us that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. We make a priority of speaking about so many things other than the one thing that can make an eternal impact. 
I love football. I like watching our kids play on Friday night. I love uh, watching Alabama football and, and, other sp- and other sports. I love those things. And I love talking about those things. But none of those things make an eternal impact. I was telling Will the other night that uh, we were sitting together and just having a conversation. And I told him, I said, son, every, every day, every Friday when we leave the house, your mom and I and Claire, we take time and we stop and we pray. And we pray for your football team. And we pray that one, that everyone will be healthy, that anyone who gets injured, it's not going to be a serious injury because we understand injuries are going to happen in football. But for the Lord to protect them. And then I told him, I said, I pray every Friday for you to get a win. Every Friday I pray for them to win. And I said, the reason I pray for you to win is not selfish because I just want my my boys to win a football game. I said, I pray for you to win so that God can give you a platform to do something for his glory. I said, nobody lines up to hear a loser speak. Right? I said, but people like winners. And if God can give you a platform and that you can tell others about Jesus Christ and give him the glory for it, I pray for God to give you a victory. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're in ministry or not. What I want all of us to recognize this is that we should all be passionate about the gospel. That should always be, we should always make a point to give our children, our family, our grandchildren, our, everyone, our neighbors, we should make a point to give them Jesus. That's the most important thing. If, if I die and people talk about he was a good man or they talk about a good neighbor, If they just talk about me, that's never good enough. But if they can talk about the fact that I helped them find Jesus, that's an eternity. Amen? So it doesn't matter who we are. As parents, as parents on this baby dedication Sunday, as parents, the gospel should always be a priority. Telling our children about Jesus. Can I I say this? Language is important. When you, when you teach them the Bible, you're not teaching them a Bible story. Get that. You're not, you're not reading a Bible story. You're teaching them a Bible lesson because here is an historical fact found in the Word of God. Jesus at the well and he's ministering to the woman. That's not a Bible story. That is a Bible fact. That is a Bible lesson of how the Lord ministered. David slaying Goliath. That's not a Bible story. That is a truth that God used David to slay a giant and his heart was that everyone would know that there's a God in Israel. Always seek to make an eternal impact in everything. That should always be our passion and our number one priority. Secondly, we see this. I want us to realize and understand if we're going to maintain our focus, we don't need to get distracted. Paul was successful at his calling because he was filled with the Spirit. And he was filled with the Spirit because he did not allow lesser things to get in his way. 
it says in verse number 2, But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. So when Paul was preaching, he didn't preach to a crowd where people said amen. He didn't preach to a crowd where everybody had a Bible out and people just sang praises unto the Lord. When he preached, he also had a growing number of people who were getting upset with his message and they wanted to hush him one way or another. And as he continues to preach, they become more and more bold in their desire to stop the gospel from being preached, to keep it from being delivered. And the truth is, Jimmy, all of us are surrounded by noise. We're surrounded by, we're surrounded by things that don't really matter and we get fired up and we lose our testimony over those things. We get distracted about lesser things that don't really matter as much when it compares to an eternal thing such as the gospel or helping someone have a relationship with Christ. You want to talk about spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity, Carrie, is this. I'm not distracted by things that seem to stop me. If you want to, if you want to see how important something is to you, BJ, you'll see how important it is by what stops you. We get stopped by so many lesser things. Paul said in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 13, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Don't live for the applause of men. You don't always, some people always need approval. We don't need the public's approval if we know we're doing the right thing. Paul, talk, Paul had what we call maturity. He believed in his Jesus, he believed in his calling, he believed in his message, and he believed in himself. And he didn't let people stop him. When an army officer asked President Abraham Lincoln, if he could write an article defending the administration against the attacks that were being made by the committee on the conduct of the war, Lincoln replied, If I were to try to read, much less answer, all the attacks made on me, this shop might as well be closed for any other business. I do the very best I know how, the very best I can. And I mean to keep doing so until the end. And if the end brings me out all right, what is said against me won't amount to anything. If the end brings me out wrong, ten angels swearing I was right would make no difference. I love that quote and I remind myself of that quote quite often. Don't get distracted by what people think and what people say. Our responsibility is to just keep doing the right thing. Amen? These two apostles, they were just run out of Antioch. And when they enter Iconium, they preach. And when the opposition grows and the noise gets loud, Paul just gets louder. In verse 6, they're run out of town and they go to Lystra, where verse 7 tells us they just preached the gospel. Frank Sonnenberg, I don't know who that guy is, but I love his quote. 
He says, stop letting other people hijack your day. That'll preach, won't it? Don't get distracted. Okay? Paul, yes. I mean, Paul preached and there were distractions. There were people who were trying to stop the work. He wasn't dealing with screens not working or live stream not working properly. He was dealing with people who said, shut up. Don't tell us about Jesus. We don't want to hear about Jesus. And he just kept on preaching. And you know what the result was? The result was a great multitude of Jews and Gentiles became believers in Jesus Christ. If we allowed lesser things, if we allowed people, if we allowed distractions to stop us, we'll miss out on seeing people come to Jesus Christ. We'll miss out on seeing people really just turn their lives over. To see them publicly profess Christ in baptism. To see them discipled. To see them grow in their faith. Don't get distracted. Number three, Paul was filled with the Spirit. Verse, read verse three with me. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. We see this story unfold throughout the book of Acts. We see when persecution came, Christians became more bold. Our nature screams at us to run because of our instinct of self-preservation. But being filled with the Spirit causes us to face our fears. And it gives us the gift of discretion to know just how far we can push it. President Harry Truman said, In reading the lives of great men, I found that the first victory they won was over themselves. Self-discipline with all of them came first. Standing in the face of a growing opposition, Paul and Barnabas held their heads up. Rather than, <clears throat> rather than run, they stood. Rather than grow quiet, they spake boldly. They testified of God's grace, and through them, God's power was revealed. God does not call us to be selfish. He calls us to be selfless. I heard a preacher say the other day at uh, Miss Judy's brother's funeral. He says, if you want a position, have a reputation. If you want to keep it, have character. We grow in character. We grow in character when we overcome the struggles in life. And we grow in character when the word of God matters to us. We grow in character, Alan, when pleasing God matters to us. You see, throughout the book of Acts, persecution fell on them. They, it came. Peter and John were told in chapter 4 to no longer speak in the name of Jesus. And they just said, listen, if you're going to do something to us, you just do it. But we can't help but speak those things that we have heard and seen. We've got to tell people about Jesus Christ. You may not like it, but it's not going to stop me. Those things matter. You can't do that. Listen, Andrew, you can't do that in your own ability. Your own ability, it says run. Get out of there. Lord taught me a lesson a long time ago. I was at a gas station, and, uh, and I just had that, 
I just had that still small voice said, hey, give that person a gospel track. And I said, Lord, I don't want to do that. I, 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 just, I just thought to myself, I don't want to do that. They're, they're, they're not going to like me for it. And it just wasn't, you know what I did, Cecil? I didn't give one. And I got in the car and I drove away. And it just, it just began to bother me a little bit. And I turned around and I went back. I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey. I'm going to go back and I'm going to give him one. And he was already gone. And I missed my opportunity. The Lord taught me a lesson. Stick. If God's telling, if, if, if I have something within me that says, hey, tell that person about Jesus, it's always the Holy Spirit telling me to do that. Because me, I'll say I don't want to do that. Every single time. I don't want to do that. I don't want to cause a problem here. For Paul to stand in such opposition, the crowd is growing. Here, here it is. Here it is. He's in Iconium, and now certain people are coming together. And all those people that got mad at him in Antioch, they followed him. They followed him to Iconium. And now they're stirring up people there. And people who normally wouldn't get along, all of a sudden they're on the same team. Have you ever seen that? I've seen that many times. People that's, uh, that can't stand one another, once they get a common enemy, they suddenly join teams. Now they both don't like you, right? And, and so here it was, they, they, they had these people and all these people were coming together and they, they were trying to hush Paul. And the Bible says for a long time, he just began to speak more boldly. He didn't let it stop him. I'm going to tell you something, Bobby. If there was ever a man, that's a man right there, isn't it? He doesn't run, he stands. And he's willing to proclaim Jesus Christ. Number four. Aim, always aim to bear fruit. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part held with the apostle. Now that is, if there's a verse in the Bible that says, uh, you look at your cup half full or half empty, that's it right there, right? He says, a part, a part held with the opposition, the Jews, and some with the apostles. Paul and Barnabas' preaching divided the city. Some were for and some were against. And the whole time, our purpose, our purpose is to bear fruit in what we're trying to do. Cecil, a lot of times what we do is we like to focus on the negative. We like to focus on the bad things. Why don't we focus on the good things, Brian? Amen? I mean, yes, the city is divided. Yes, yes, I, I could be quiet and everybody, nobody would know my name. But what if I tell them about Jesus? Yes, all of these people are here going to be mad at me and looking for a rock to throw at me. But all these people over here now know Jesus. So celebrate the victories. Don't worry about the, the struggles. Focus on the victories. Always aim to bear fruit, all right? Stop focusing on the bad things. Stop focusing on the negativity. Focus on the accomplishments that the Lord has used you to bring to pass.
Then, then fifthly, I want you to see, stay consistent. He says in verse 5 and 6, And there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also the Jews were their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them. They were aware of it and fled into Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and into the region that, uh, that lieth round about. I was telling the team on Friday, I'll tell you the same thing. It is easy for anyone to quit. Anybody can quit. Anybody can say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to put up with it anymore. Same thing in the Christian life. Same thing in church. Same thing in marriages. The easy thing to do is just walk away from the problem and not face it. But it is important. It is important for my children that they see their daddy staying with it. Someone once said that starting is not most people's problem. Staying, continuing, and finishing is where most people get lost. Stay the course. He didn't run. Eventually, in the end of verse number 6, they get to a place where, okay, now it's time. But I'm going to tell you something. Stay as long as you can stay, Landon. All right? Yeah, the Lord may move you out of there, and that may happen. But stay as long as you can possibly stay. Don't be so quick to run. Lastly, in verse number 7, never lose sight of what matters. Because after all of that, they go to Lystra and they go to Derby, and the Bible says there they preached the gospel. It began in verse number 1. They spake, and a great multitude of the Jews and Greeks believed. And in verse number 7, even after they get run out of town, they never lost sight of what truly matters. Anthony, always go back to what's important. Always put that before you as a husband, as a father, as a believer. Always, always make sure your priorities are in the right place. Amen? Always make sure your priorities in the right place. Your family matters. The gospel matters. Your testimony matters. Your relationship with people matter. Who you are matters. James, always go back to what matters. Never forget that. We get, we get discouraged, we get depressed. We get down, we get frustrated, we, we lose sight of everything. And people you thought would never quit are no longer there. They lost sight of their priorities. They listened to the noise. And rather than fighting through the noise and continuing as long as they possibly could, they got lost somewhere along the way. Always remember what you're here for. Always remember God has given you a life. A life that is meant for His glory. We're created for His pleasure, Garrett, not your own. God didn't call us to be selfish. I was, uh, I was somewhere yesterday and uh, I, heard, I heard this guy say, I reckon that those people are trying to 
find themselves. You'll never find yourself outside of God. You'll always, if it's about you, you'll never be happy. You'll always try to be filling voids. That's why, that's why one of the greatest businesses you can get in now is storage businesses. Because we have all this stuff that we had to have, and now we no longer have a place for it. Because we've replaced it with something else that we had to have. I remember when I was, uh, uh, when we were getting married, Christy was graduating college and I was building us a house. And uh, I moved in that house in December. Uh, we got married in May. And uh, I remember moving in that house, I moved in with two pickup trucks. I didn't have anything. I hope we never move again. Because now we've got a lot of stuff. Right? It just builds up over time. We're always looking for the next thing. This will make me happy. This is what we need. This is really cool. You'll never find yourself, and you'll never find contentment, and you'll never find joy, and you'll never find peace outside of your relationship with the Lord. Always make that a priority. So you want the best thing for your children? You want the best thing for them? Be found in the will of God. Don't go running from the Lord. Don't get out of church. I don't care what it is. Don't go running. Stay with the Lord. You focus and you get in the word of God. You allow God to speak to your heart. Our children need to see us praying. Our children need to see us with a Bible in our lap and we're reading through the Bible. Our children need to see us give. Our children need to see us at the altar. Our children need to see us sing and lift up our hands and praise to the Lord. Our children need to see those things. We need to exemplify those things. So don't ever get lost in all of the other stuff and all of the noise. Keep your focus. God is what matters. Our relationship with the Lord is what matters. For Paul, he didn't quit. He just said, this is what God called me to do. I'm going to keep telling people about Jesus. I'm going to keep on, and I'm going to keep on, and I'm going to keep on. What God's called you to do in your life, what God's called me as a dad and as a husband, i got to stay the course. i got to keep my focus on the Lord. i got to keep my heart right and my relationship with the Lord right. And I need to go forward. My goodness, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you're more than just lost for eternity. You're lost in this thing called life. Because you, I, I'm telling you something, go, go to Amazon and say how to be a good parent and you'll have a hundred different books show up. Everybody's got an opinion about everything. Why are we so... Why don't we take the time to listen to the God, the God who authored it all and allow him to direct our life? If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, listen, you're missing out on the greatest thing that there ever was. And that is that Christ died for your sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day that all might have life. That you might finally understand what it is to have forgiveness that you might walk with the Lord. Sheila, are you here this morning?
You don't have to just raise your hand. I just want to be sure you're here. I couldn't find you. Sheila Henderson's about to come this morning because she wants to join the church today. And she was sitting in my office the other day, and uh, she got saved in one of our services. And I remember the day she, I remember the day she got saved. And uh, she was telling me, she's been in some trouble, she's got a past. But she was at the Burger King, she works at the Burger King in Price, so you ought to stop in and say hello sometime. She's telling me the other day that her attorney came by. He didn't even recognize her. Because the change in her life. And she was very quick to say, listen, she says, to God be the glory. And she said he looked at her funny. She says, nobody gets the credit for this except for the Lord. She just graduated RU Tuesday night. She went through the entire program. She's going to go through, uh, she's going to go through discipleship with Miss Beverly, one-on-one discipleship. And she's wanting, she's wanting everything that she has experienced in her life, she's wanting everyone in her family to experience. And I am thankful for all that the Lord is doing. Why do we put that off? Why do we try to do it our own way? Why don't we just come and give it all to the Lord? Why don't we refocus our priorities today? Why don't we get our focus where it needs to be? If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, why don't you come this morning? We'll take a Bible and share with you the good news of the gospel. Let's bow our heads. Musicians, come. Father.